In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection, and increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. Each year on Pentecost Sunday, we hear from Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2. And as with last year's setup, there's two facts to highlight about this story. The first is to speak against a common view about the moment of Pentecost itself. When the Holy Spirit arrives and falls on those gathered in the upper room, many imagine the disciples break out in indiscernible babbling, like the sort of gift of tongues that are seen in tent revivals. The actual text of the story shows us otherwise. We're told that the disciples were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues. Yet here's the thing. This word for tongues, glossa, can also mean different languages. So another way of translating this passage is that more simply they began to speak in different languages. That's important when we consider what happens as these disciples go forth from the upper room into the city. The crowd, which gathers around them, says, then how does each of us hear them in his native language? The crowd doesn't respond, look at these crazy people hissing and babbling in a language we don't understand. No, quite the opposite. The crowd does very much understand the disciples as they have received the Spirit. And what do they understand them saying? Yet we hear them speaking in our own tongues of the mighty acts of God. See, they were speaking words in different languages about God's mighty acts. A second insight to offer about this passage is that the crowd also says, Are not all these people speaking Galileans? This is important because Galileans were considered to have funny accents. They came from out in the country of the north, in and around the Sea of Galilee. Remember when Peter denies Jesus as he's put on trial? Someone says, Assuredly, this man too was with him, for he also is a Galilean. Peter was picked out of the crowd because of his Galilean accent. It'd be sort of like how we can pick out an accent from New York or Boston or Australia. And that makes the fact that these funny-talking disciples are now proclaiming God's mighty deeds in different languages all the more astonishing. Our second reading this weekend, too, will be familiar to us since we heard from this letter for seven straight Sundays back in year C. It's Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. In this excerpt of the letter, Paul is responding to what likely happened in Corinth. The Christians there were coming to believe that some gifts of the Spirit were more important than others, and specifically that those who received the gift of tongues had an elite status. But Paul channels his inner Oprah here and says, you get a charism, and you get a charism, and you get a charism. His point is that everyone receives charisms or gifts from the Spirit, and the gifts are meant for building up the community. Quote, to each individual, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for some benefit. When Paul wrote this letter, there were likely cliques starting to form among the Christians in Corinth based upon which spiritual gifts each person had been given. But Paul wants them to expand their understanding of spiritual gifts, and this is why he says not only that there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but also that there are different forms of service and that there are different workings. He wants them to see the Spirit at work not just in the flashy moments, such as a gift of tongues, but in all of the moments in which the community is built up, all of the manifestations of the Spirit. We should be quite familiar with our gospel passage this weekend, since we've set it up on a number of other occasions on our program. Jesus arrives in the midst of his disciples after the resurrection, and you may remember us saying before that when Jesus says, Peace be with you, 
The verb to be isn't actually written in Greek. It's implied. So what Jesus actually says is, peace to you. It's similar to what we know today as the simple greeting of peace or peace out. But how much more this peace means when God speaks it to the very people that turn from him? He arrives now with peace. From there, we're told that Jesus breathed on them. This action, of course, parallels Genesis 2, verse 7, when God breathes life into the human being, and also Ezekiel chapter 37, when breath is poured into the dry bones. But in both of those instances, we shouldn't take this to refer so much as to a totally new creation, as it's rather that God takes something already created and gives it a new dignity and quality. That's what's happening here as Jesus breathes upon the disciples. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this Pentecost Sunday in year A. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.